You're listening to the Lost Chill Podcast with Katie and Kimmy. For years now, I have had the pleasure of listening to the wit, banter, and pure joy from these two, and now I invite you to share in the delight of listening to them discuss the books they're currently reading. Whether you are a fellow dedicated bibliophile or simply wish you had more time to read, you will love hearing the insight and discussions around the stories they dive into. So grab a cup of coffee or pour a glass of wine and let's jump on in. Katie and Kimmy, take it away. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Lost Chill Podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Kimmy. Hi. And we like books and talking. Oh, we do. We do, we do, we do. Um, So, I don't know if you recall, but our last episode, you should recall because it was a big one. Um, Our last episode was on Fourth Wing. Ooh. Yeah. So, this episode is on... Iron Flame. Oh, I was like, what did you just point to your headphones for? <laughs> no, I get it. No. The book back here. Iron Flame is back there on my yeah, yeah, there it's a little it is. Easter egg. Um, okay. Is it an Easter egg if I point it out? Yes. It is. Okay. Right, sure. Perfect. Yes. Make me feel better. <laughs> anyway, Iron Flame is the second book in the Empyrean series by Rebecca Yaros. And uh, we're going to dive right in because there's a lot to talk about. And uh, sorry, not enough time for pleasantries. So, We'll get to that in the future episodes. <laughs> so let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh. Okay. So if you remember last week, sorry, yeah. I'm snapping. I'm Two getting crazy. Ago. Two weeks ago. What? Yeah. Ooh, last I episode. don't even know. Time last is episode. crazy. Time is um, crazy. So Katie was saying how, spoiler alert, if you didn't read the first one, I don't really know why you're here. Go read, listen to us, and come back in that order. So if you recall, Katie said that the it literally ended with her seeing her brother who she thought was dead. And then, right. bam, fourth wing ended. Bam. And so we pick up, bam, right in the same spot. Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> bam. Uh, yeah, so she's like, uh... I actually looked up the summary for this one, too, and it's like, the book literally starts with Violet eating biscuits contemplating her brother's existence. Right. And that's honestly what I loved about the opening to the second book, because it's like, that's what I needed. I did not need it to be three months in advance in time and that we've oh, yeah, traveled I hate that. and that she's already come to terms with all of this information that she's just learned. No, I need her to sit in it. I need her to be in her feelings with this and I need to be there right with her. Yes, that's important in books. I hate when they skip through the hard parts with you. And I wonder, like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk ill will of, um, of authors and whatnot, but I'm wondering if, like, that's maybe difficult to write. I'm sure Which it is. is why... it's, it's always hard to be vulnerable. Yeah. No matter what, no one finds that to be easy and comfortable. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, we're just going to skip fast forward through this part. They've learned lessons. They've dealt with it. They've, they've come to terms with their feelings and here we are back again in the second book and it's like whoa 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 i just left on that cliffhanger for x amount of weeks months years minutes for you minutes for me (laughs) i was a lucky one months for me (laughs) yeah but there's other ones like out there that maybe it was a year or so from when they first read the first book yeah and if you're against rereads like i am you may not. 
you may not remember exactly what's going on. My point is, authors get uncomfortable. Write those scenes. Write those. They're they're important. Yeah, they're really important. Love them. It was Your nice readers to go want them. Because there was a lot to unpack more than just discovering she had a brother who was still alive. Yes. Who she had mourned. Yeah. Could uh, you imagine like mourning the death of someone that you love so much? And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm right here. I've been here for six years. I literally could not imagine that at all. I can imagine no. a lot of things. I have a fucking good imagination. Yeah. I cannot imagine that. No. No, I couldn't. I couldn't even fathom it. I don't think anyone can like in unless you are like completely unable to cope and can't let go. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, because like that, and that's the thing. Like she couldn't. That was completely like she didn't mourn with any hope that he was still out there somewhere. Like she believed in every fiber of her being that he was dead. Yeah, and Zayden obviously was on that same page as well because he never was like, well, obviously we know that he was in on it in the the end. But I mean like I I don't know. I don't know. It was it was just like kind of this cluster of of different feelings and emotions and <laughs> Well, I'm curious what you mean by that because that's where I was going with that when I said I shed more to unpack than just her brother being alive is because I was going to say because she also had to unpack Zayden not telling her oh, when they were yeah, lovers. Going that way. Yeah. That was a big part of the second book. Yeah. I I have to come out and say it real quick. Second books for me are never, they never live up to the hype of the first book. Ever. I had something wonderful happen. So I reread Harry Potter last year for like the first time in six years. I'm pretty sure like... 98% sure that it was the first time I ever enjoyed the Chamber of Secrets. Why? Because it's the sophomore book and I hate it and it's always just something oh, to slog through. And it's not as good. And because I've read Harry Potter a lot, like when I was younger. And then again, I used to do this thing where I had to like reread the whole series whenever a new one came out. And so I didn't really get burnt out of the first one. I did a little, but I got really burnt out of the second one. I love the third one. But yeah. like, I loved Chamber of Secrets this go around. What was different? I don't know. I think it had just been so long and but it like I don't know, you forget stuff, but then other stuff makes sense that didn't before. And it was just better. So I I don't feel as strongly as you do about sophomore books, except for I would have always said the Chamber of Secrets until this reread. The I so the reason I question that is because I just assumed you loved all Harry Potter books and that there was no issues. The second one I've always had to slog through and it's always been like kind of annoying, but it was fast. So that's okay. I don't yeah, love the fifth is. one. The fifth one's fifth? the longest one. Yeah. That I is think, a big one. I think um, even with Fourth Wing and Iron Flame, which I read on my Kindle, so it's hard to say. And there's all the different editions on Goodreads and stuff. I think... Harry Potter and uh, what is the fifth one called? The Prophecy. Um, yes. Uh, that was the longest book I read. Is what it said. Harry <laughs> or for the year Order of the Phoenix. Where did prophecy come from? Because it's the one where they are where they don't know about the prophecy, but that's the oh. end. <laughs> 
Okay. Fair enough. Um, it's like over a thousand pages, I believe. Yeah, it's hefty. And so that was my longest read of 2023. Yeah. Even with Iron Flame, which is like a lot. Iron Flame is really big. Uh, Fourth Wing is really big as well. I think between Even which one's two, bigger? it's like 1,600 pages. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Yeah. Um, this first edition of Iron Flame, not pointing to my headphones, headphones. But pointing to... Uh, the first edition behind me. Uh, it has sprayed edges. I don't oh. want to brag. Does it have the dragon stencil sprayed edges? It doesn't, but it still has black sprayed edges. And okay. My fourth wing has black sprayed edges. It's the holiday edition with two extra Zayden chapters, mm. which I have not read yet. Oh, I whoa. Know. I, know. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. What the fuck? All right. Well, I guess I'm going to Barnes and I kind of. I'm like holding on so I have a morsel for what I need to get through this tough time a when bump? we have n- not even <laughs> you yes. need a you need a bump. Yes, I need an Imperium <laughs> bump. All right, I'm here for it. Just yes. scroll up. So uh, Rebecca that. Yaros, I'm going to put this out into the universe again. Two episodes. Two episodes. We are in Denver. We are in Denver. Me and Kimmy are. We could be besties if you need a friend. I used to be a military wife. I'm a Swifty. Yeah. like We I, would get along so good. We would be such good besties. And I think it could happen. We'll take you out to lunch. Like, yes. it could happen. All right. That's it. Shameless plug. Um, I will get ready for the uh, protection order to be served next week because I'm basically stalking her. It's fine. It's fine. We'll win her over. I, I'm sorry. My headphones just went out, but I don't need you to repeat yourself. Let's just keep it moving. <laughs> um, so she wakes up mad at her brother, obviously. Mad, like lots of feelings towards her brother. Mostly mad at Zayden as well for keeping her brother a secret from her. But Did you question? Sorry. Yes. Did you feel that she was a little too mad at Zayden? Yes. Okay. I feel like that was like a common theme with this book. But I also what? like... I don't even know if too mad at Zayden for just her brother is what was annoying, but just like her thinking she should know everything in like absolutely zero secrets and not having any understanding or comprehension of the confidential war secrets of that nature. Like that bothered me. And like, well, not only that, like you're not going to tell your spouse, your significant other, every little thing that comes through your brain or that you experience. Right, right. So, and also, like, I mean, stuff is different when you're in the military. I wouldn't know firsthand. I was not a military, like, that was not a military wife. My husband was in the military before we got together, but my husband and I worked together. Mm -hmm. Do not tell me everything. Like, that is work. No, I don't want to hear it. (laughs) No, no, there there needs to be, like, I don't know, at least for us. There's not always, but there needs to be like some separation or sometimes like it needs to be like turned off. It's like work was dumb and stressful. I don't need to come home and for it to still be dumb and stressful. Like there has to be that boundary. And for her like to almost want no boundaries and to not respect his job and authority and position is. Respect my authority. Sorry. <laughs> I had to get that out. Um, but it, I think it shows her age. Yeah. Honestly. 
is that it truly shows her age in the regard that um, she expects all of these things from her partner. And that's just not how a relationship always works, unfortunately. And she hasn't learned that yet. And she hasn't learned that it's okay to keep certain things to yourself and it's okay to keep secrets or share them with other people. And um, I think that she starts to learn that towards the end of the book. Things happened. Things happened. Uh, It was a a couple hundred pages. Um, It was going back to what I said about the sophomore, sophomore um, bump, sophomore bump, slump. Oh, slump. Oh, I thought we were talking (laughs) about bump. So my bad. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The sophomore slump. Um, I felt while necessary, the first 500 or so pages of this book were for great world building, but it was just very slow. And as you know, I struggle with that. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. And I know that that's a lot of people's complaints, so to speak, for the reviews that I've seen of this book so far. Interesting. I guess I could kind of see that at parts. It does have a... Part one and part two. I don't know if it goes further, but so she wakes up, her brother's there. She finds out that uh, Zayden and the other marked people, which we didn't even talk about last week. We didn't. (laughs) Should we talk about that real quick? Sure. There's so much in this world that we're bound to miss something. So, yeah, obviously. I I mean, I guess we did talk about it, but we didn't talk about the marks like we didn't. So, because we talked about how the kids had to watch their parents be executed, basically. But then all the kids basically had to be marked as children of betrayers. Yes. And Zayden took some extra slashings. Yeah. Which we're still finding out about this in this book. Yeah. Where he takes on the responsibility for all of these kids. And, And we come to find out, and man, if you don't know by now... Spoiler alert, times a thousand. But he takes these extra slashings from Violet's mom. Yeah. Which is such a slap in the face. It was like, it was like, oh my gosh. When I read that and it was just, it was hurtful almost. It was like, yeah. I, I've trusted your you and your family and you went and did this to Zayden because I really like Zayden. I know. I feel like he just is a good person. I don't know him personally. Maybe one day you don't. No, you never met him. That's maybe weird. one day he's I will. Also local. Hey, Zayden. Here's my. <laughs> just kidding. So we find out that basically all these Mark, they're not kids anymore, but right. you know all the children of the rebellion. Basically, they've been in cahoots and have this like secret network that includes uh, Violet's brother. That is like giving them weapons and giving them stuff to fight the wyvern and stuff. And so that's where her brother's been. Yeah. This whole time. Yeah. Um, and so they're basically fighting this whole other war that the rest of the kingdom doesn't admit exists or is there. I don't know if it's um omission of existence, but it's some people know and some people don't. Like Violet's mom definitely knows. Right. And but they won't like admit to it, even knowing right. and, like they still won't fight it for And Dane's father knows about this. Like all of these people know, but they just won't address it. Right. 
which is crazy. I mean, I'm pretty so, sure that stuff happens all the time. UFOs. We just found out about it. What do you mean? The government is always truthful and honest. Yeah. And has our best interests at heart. Yeah. They should be our end-all be-all. Yeah. After all this, like through all of this, they do make the decision for Violet and the other first years, second years now, to go back to back, uh, the war college and complete their training and get their, their sophomore year done, their second year. Yeah. So, but Zayden is like done. And so like graduated, done. graduated, done. He's yeah. actually like in the writer military now. And so they have to be separated. Yeah. Basically people are pissed. The most pissed person of all is Dane's dad who got them in a terrible situation in the first place. And he basically knows what happened, but it's like a, you know, friend situation where like, they don't know that we know that they don't, that we know. And he's pissed about it. <laughs> And so the whole Zayden and Violet thing. So their dragons are bonded and will literally die if they don't see each other frequently. And so Zayden has to be stationed at his post and Violet's still at school. That's a whole thing. Violet's still going on training. You remember we talked about how messed up it was with all the death is okay. Guess what? The punishment is still cruel and unusual here. One thing I want to ask you. Yeah. They, so two things happen while Violet's in training. They let them know that, like, hey, we're going to kind of kidnap you. Oh, yeah. And, um, like, do this stuff to, like, test teamwork and navigational skills and do all this stuff. Sure. They just plot you down. Um, and that they're also, like, test their interrogation skills, like, how they can withstand being interrogated and tortured to make sure they won't crack under pressure. Yes. This, there's just so much to unpack here, but I'm getting to one specific <laughs> point. They also give them a surprise little potion poison that they don't tell them about that cuts off their communication with their dragon. Yep, that's a thing. I know, it's so much to unpack. So, but when Violet's getting tortured, she can't talk to her dragon, all this stuff, it's like very bad. They have like a healer, but they like just have like one healer for the school. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But he is like looking terrible, always busy. Yeah. Like, what did you think was going on with him, the healer? I honestly didn't know. I thought maybe they were torturing him or maybe they were using him for some sort of bad aspect of their agenda. I definitely was not prepared for what it actually was. I was not. I feel like I had a theory at one point, but I don't remember what it was. I went like, because it was like almost the first time when so- he... What we're referring to is Jack, the asshole who uh, tried to kill Violet umpteen amounts of times in the first book. And then Violet actually succeeded in killing, so we thought, killing him in the first book um, in a rock slide. Uh, He comes back from the dead and the healer has been healing him. But my question is, why is this a project? Why is this even something that they tried to do? They haven't done that with anybody else. They didn't do that with Liam. They didn't do that with, well, obviously Liam was a lot further away, but anybody else that's been on that death scroll every single morning, they have not done that with them. So what is so special about Jack? And maybe we don't know yet because obviously he's still alive. He's made it through the second book. He came back to life, but what role does he play in this 
long game here. Yeah, this book, especially towards the end, you know, so many questions Yeah, with what happened. I almost got the feeling, though, that they they weren't healing him the whole time, but like almost trying to like control him and learn about him. Interesting. Because then we find out that Jack not only has risen from the dead, but he's basically been overcome by the wyvern. And the wyvern, he's, he's turned one to of venom. Yeah. He's, he's not a wyvern. Yeah. He's venom. But, and he's now the bad guy. Well, yeah. I mean, he's always been the bad guy, but more so the enemy. That was mind blowing. I think the way it was done was so amazing because like he comes back, he's not quite nice, but he's not as mean as he was at first, but it's also like, ugh, like just don't. But then so much happens, like the Griffin Riders come and join us and we're doing stuff together and blah, blah, blah. And we got to make um, the Wardstones active again. We got to figure that out. We got to learn how to use our signets better, blah, blah, blah. All this is happening. Jack's still back at Baxgathia, the War College. <laughs> and <laughs> and like, he's almost forgotten. He was forgotten by me. Yeah. And so then Violet is trying to get to that Wardstone and he just comes out. Right. And I was like, what is going on? And then because you thought he was dead, like dead, dead. Yeah. And he's not. Oh, man. That, that was, was that was well played. That was very well played. And it was probably one of the biggest twists that I think could have possibly even happened in the series. Yeah. There were like, even with Andarna and Zayden, I feel like I saw Andarna coming from a mile away. Maybe not like all As the like super specifics. As far as being a black dragon or whatever it's called. Yeah. Her special breed. Yeah. The the one, the same kind that Karen is. Tarnan. She's not the same as Tarnan. I thought she, she was. No. She's not? No. No. Oh. She's a seventh special breed. Oh, that's right. Because. And she's the only one of her kind. Which, okay. if you remember, we are. um. Getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are. If you've here, you know there's spoilers and you've read it, most likely. This isn't telling you to read it. Violet is trying to learn how to make the Wardstones work again because they're failing. There's more that are not working. We want to get them working. And this is actually where the name of the book comes into play because she thinks it's like Rain Flame or Iron Rain. No, I think she thinks it's Iron Rain. Iron Rain, yeah. And then she turns out it's Flame and it was misinterpreted. And then she thought it was Six Dragons. Because yep. there's six known breeds. And so she gets all of those breeds and it doesn't work. Like it works, but it doesn't last forever and turn into eternal fire of working magic. And so then she's trying again and then they reinterpret it. And it turns out that they need seven. And they're like, there's no seventh breed. And then it's Andarna. And Andarna is just, there's so much going on with her. Like she's the only one of her kind. She was like an egg forever. Right. And she's like, no, I, I, I felt you coming to existence. I decided to hatch finally. So I could bond with you. Like you are special. Like you are everything that I've been waiting for. And which is like crazy that because she was all set up to be a scribe. Right. She just got the feels. 
Yeah. That also leads me to more questions, though, because I'm like, you're the only dragon. Are you the only one that's hatched? Or are the rest waiting for the right people? Or are there more breeds that like could just not be born because... Well, and then there's that shortage of dragons who are willing to bond as well. Well, there's so much because dragons like hold themselves to their own rules. Right. Some of them are willing to bond with humans and some aren't. But like, and it kind of talks about how it's beneficial to both humans and dragons. But sometimes it's also like, why? Why do they bond? Yeah. At all. That was explained at one point, though, because I vaguely, now that you say that, I vaguely remember something about that. It wasn't a big point. I feel like it was. But it also, like, it didn't, it still left me with some questions, like, because not all of them do, obviously. There's like something about humans that they need as well but they are so much more pow powerful I, the sad thing is is i read this book like a month ago two months ago maybe it's a lot to keep up um i think lots of people out there who are super obsessed have reread it all right they, they pick up on things yeah be, um i have not done it um reread it or looked up theories um, one of my coworkers has looked up theories. I've talked to people who have read theories and they're like, oh yeah, like it's like Harry Potter-esque where like we know what's going to happen because the clues are there and it's all like planted already. So um, you like, just have to reread it to get all of the Easter eggs is what you're saying? Yes. Like, uh, yes. Like when Harry Potter gets the diadem and like throws it away. Are you going to reread it? I, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm yeah. going to read it on audiobook so I can pronounce. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that you can hear the pronunciation. I probably will not do that until we at least have a release date for the next one. We don't even have a title for that at this point. Wouldn't that be cool if by the time this hits the air, we do? I We won't. Do you want to know why I know that? Because she's just now starting. Yeah. Did you see the... You don't think she could write it in two months? No. It's her full-time job, isn't it? It is, but... I don't think, I mean. How no, long did it take her? I know she talks about how much Iron Flame was hard on her. Should we take a trip down to Colorado Springs? Yeah, I think we should. I don't I don't think that we're going to have a release date anytime soon. Because it's obviously got to be. She, to, go she does edit. have to write it and then edit. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe once she turns it in, though, they can just be like, it's coming out in November. This is I would perfection. be optimistic. Yeah, I'm like, we still have to edit it. but But it's perfection. But not much, yeah. I don't think that I. I think at the earliest, it will be early 2026, which is hard to 26? say. 26, yeah. You think we're gonna go two years with that one? Think about Chris and Hannah. Chris and Hannah goes every two. Absolutely years. not. I think we're no? getting in a no. I think early 2025, maybe. But I think when did Fourth Wing come out? When did the first edition of Fourth Wing come out? I don't know. You have it. Google. Do the boobs. Okay, well, Katie's looking this up. I'm going to tell you guys something. I hope this ages well. I told Katie previously, and also my followers at some point probably will remind them again. I, at one point, had 1,313 <laughs> followers on Instagram. Once I hit that number, so I actually, I have the screenshots saved. You can see it in stories. I had 1,200-something followers. And I was like, you guys... If I get to 1,300 followers, Taylor Swift's going to release a new album. Then I got to 1313, like no freaking joke. And Midnight's was announced. This happened for real life. There are screenshots with dates, like there's proof, like it happened. And then, so Midnight's happened. Katie and I took a hiatus from our podcast. I We weren't on Bookstagram. I dropped back down. I'm at like 1,200 right now, 1,287. I think, I believe... 
wholeheartedly in my whole heart that when I get to 1313, we're getting TS11 announced. Not Reputation, Taylor's version, TS freaking 11. May 2023 is when Fourth Wing was initially published. May 2nd, to be exact. 2023, you said? 2023. So we had about a year and a half. So, no. yeah, because it came out in November 20. Whoa. <laughs> no way <laughs> that's why i was like you're no not 2023 like you have to mean 2022 right no i don't i don't um debuting may 2023 may 2nd 2023 fourth wing came out she legit like said she killed herself like trying to Post it, and that was November 7th of the same yeah. year. That's yeah. crazy. I had no idea. I didn't either. And holy shit. Wow. I didn't really He's even that much more impressed. So now, do you think we'll have a release date by the time this airs? Hold on. Let's see if we have one now. Holy shit. We don't. She just started writing it like a week I ago. I know. I saw. I'm absolutely flabbergasted that she produced two books of that caliber in the same calendar year that is impressive for fuck's sake <laughs> i have a very important question for you okay will you be my date to the next midnight release of fourth wing that well not fourth wing but you know what i mean the next book book three the imperian yes i will as long as you are my next date to my next taylor swift party for the yeah. ts11 yeah, I'll be there. We've got so many midnight. Oh, these ones are actual midnight, though, aren't they? They are. Not these Taylor Swift East Coast time. midnight. You mean Taylor Swift standard time? No. Oh my god! Like I struggled so bad at that 1989 party to stay awake for the music actually drop. Yeah, to 10 p.m. <laughs> I made it 30 minutes shy of uh, New Year's Eve the other night. Yeah, I made it to New Year's. I'm a night Did owl. you? Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I'm I pretty adulty. Yeah. I, guess. I just made uh, intoxicated purchases of large body pillows that look like a goose. Is it your silly goose? <laughs> My Bruce the goose. <laughs> you have lots of Bruce's in your life now. Well, I, I honestly, I specifically. So my dog's name is Bruce specifically got the goose body pillow because i call him bruce the goose you so. call your dog bruce the goose yeah and now it's so what uh, do you call your goose his name is gonna be goose the bruce <laughs> goose the bruce <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it has to be it absolutely has to be don't you think i think i guess <laughs> I, mean, I would probably call him uncle boris why uncle boris that was the name of the drunk goose on the aristocats Oh my god. Which that killed me my whole life. Mind you, I was raised Mormon. I was not around drunk people. I was around sober people who desperately needed a drink. And that scene always killed me when he is wasted, this goose. And he's like, shh, 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 you're gonna wake the whole neighborhood. And he's screaming. Oh my god. Was that just like a core memory that just unlocked? It's um... so funny. Nothing like a drunk goose in a Disney movie. <laughs> Uncle Boris it is. Uncle Boris the Bruce. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, so, <sighs> dragons. We are a loosely based bookish podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to stick with the plot. It's good. There's just so much that my brain keeps going everywhere. Um, there is a lot. One of the best things of this book is 
that has created a lot of memes, reels, jokes oh, is God. the mm, relationship between That's not like, where I thought it, you were going. Oh, I'm talking about Andarna and Tarn and how not like where he's I like we're going at all. <laughs> <laughs> We were on two separate different books, actually. Well, we'll get to yours next. Um, But yeah, I think it's funny and hilarious. And I love all the stuff that's come out with like the Tarn. He's like the angel on your shoulder almost where he's like, oh, do this. And it's right. And you have to understand people. And this is why Zayden and Scale did that. And like, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, I don't know, probably behave, Violet. And then Andonard's like, do it. Fuck them. You know, she's like the devil on the shoulder, but she's like right. so cute and spunky and sassy. I love them both a lot. They are great. They are so great and they complement each other so nicely. I love them. They're great. Do you know where I thought you were going with that? No. I thought you were going to the shower scene. What's the shower scene? I don't know. Maybe I'm on the wrong side of TikTok. Maybe I'm on the <laughs> wrong side of Bookstagram or the right side. I don't know. However you want to look at it. But there is the shower scene where her and Zaddy just go ape shit and have like very detailed relationship. Why? I can't remember the shower scene. I think of the throne room scene. Oh, Okay, actually, so it's funny that you mentioned that because the throne room is way better than the shower scene, I thought, but so many people comment on the shower scene. So that's where I thought you were going. literally erased from my memory. I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? When she first gets to the post that he's at and he has his own private bath. Do you remember that? No. No. Really? Interesting. This is crazy because I have a good memory too. I know you do. You get the steel trap up there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why. Interesting. Interesting. No, the throne room is, I think you are, I'm on your side with that, that it is way better. That but, was intense. It might get awkward if we start discussing and analyzing smut scenes that we both <laughs> like together. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so it's fine. Gosh, so much happens. So, to bring it back to both Zayden and Dragons for interesting things that happen. There's so much weird, specific, nuanced things that happen with dragon bonding. If you have a dragon and you lose them, as a person, you will probably die. That's like literally the catchphrase okay. of the first book. What is it like a dragon without his rider or a rider without its dragon is dead? So it is common for humans to die before their dragons. Yeah. But dragons can rebond, which is what Violet's dragon did. And Taryn's previous rider is actually the person who healed her brother, so he didn't actually die. But then there's this weird thing where if your dragon had previously bonded with someone in your family, you get a second signet or you go batshit crazy. It's like the Targaryens, also dragon related, where you're either crazy or great. What's it going to be? You pick. So, uh, Scale bonded with Granzaddy. She dated, was it was it Zayden's grandpa or yeah. someone or uncle? Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to be over here deceased for about <laughs> five minutes. Oh, just like Granzaddy. Oh. <laughs> Um, I'm and obviously now. <laughs> well, Where, obviously... where's my inhaler? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give Katie a minute. I might need granddaddy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Um, sorry. sorry. It's okay. It's okay. That was good. Touche. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. A... <laughs> that was good. 
So Zayden didn't go crazy. So obviously he's going to have a second signet. Right. Also a secret till it's not. Yes. Which is hilarious because Violet's all angry about all the secrets. Whatever. Zayden's like, oh, I'm an open book. I'm an open book. And she's like, tell me your second signet. And he's like, mm, and it's not that open. And he doesn't want anyone to know his second one because it's one that you would get killed for, which is mind control reading. Yeah. Well, mind reading. But it's a little bit different than... Um, Dane's because there's a very, very fine line between him and Dane and their signets. Yeah. Yeah. And Dane has to actually physically touch you in order to read your thoughts and read your memories. And Zayden does not. Zayden can just do it. And he, maybe it's a difference of Dane only is able to read memories and Zayden is able to read thoughts and, and more, maybe? Oh, is that what theory. the is? What if he can go to the darkest spots of your mind because he's the shadow master? Oh, shit. I don't necessarily think that's real. But also I had questions because it seemed more controlling towards the end, which we're going to get to that twist. But when Zayden is wanting to go talk to Jack in the dungeons, he ha- how does he get past the guards? He like mind controls them. Yes. So his is, it's more than just like knowing what's in your head. Like there is a control piece. Maybe it's like this hybrid between what Dane has and then um, what's that Griffin girl? You know oh, ugh, the ex-girlfriend. The, yes, the ex-girlfriend who can control basically just your your reactions to things, essentially. I find out of you. interesting. I love that in theory. I hate her. <laughs> but she can't like control your emotions per se. Like she can't plant emotions. Right. She takes what emotions you have. Yes. What you're actively having and feeling already and heightens them. Which is very interesting and very well played. Cause she's not creating this false emotion that you have. She's, she's taking what's already there and she's yeah. just making it tenfold and making you doubt everything yeah especially when it comes to violence in zayden which is weird i don't know that whole relationship is interesting obviously something was there and they like did hook up but it was almost like an arranged marriage yeah that they they didn't get married but they like tested it out they're like well we're gonna be together so let's see how that goes you know what i mean and it didn't end well i didn't like it i didn't like her I didn't like her either. She was just not a nice person. Okay, so out of characters we don't like, we have Dane, we have Dane's dad, yep. we have Jack, and we have the girl. We can't even remember her name. Because okay. she was that insignificant, so fuck off. So, like, how would you rank them? Like, I feel like I would go Dane's dad, ex-girlfriend, Jack Dane. Dane is last? I hate the other ones a lot. <laughs> Ex-friend is numero uno. That you hate the most? Yes. Because... And I thought I was crazy for having her second. No. I I just didn't like the way that she made Violet doubt herself. Yeah. And just... What is what is worse in a relationship than being confronted with your your current significant other's ex-flame? See what I did there? Nothing is worse. <laughs> but not only that, but her basically gaslighting you into feeling emotions that are there but they're heightened and it's just it's just a shady practice i get it that that's her thing but it's not 
good. Therefore, I don't like her. Numero dos, Dane's dad. Because if it wasn't for him, and maybe he is number one. Maybe maybe I'm kind of in alignment with you there that he's number one and she's number two. Either way, those two are, are bad news bears. And he got Liam killed, honestly. And he created a lot of a lot of mess. So we have those two. And then Jack, I think, is number three. And so maybe like when you lay it out like that, maybe Dane is not as bad as the rest. And I will say, like you talked about so well in that last episode, like when someone invades your personal insides and memories like that, that is such a violation of trust. Yeah. He doesn't ever build that back, but he does choose to like come to their side. He helps them like he's slowly redeeming himself but he's not there yet and he redeemed himself when she was being tortured and he was called in to kind of come in and read her mind so i mean that was a huge step and i think repairing their relationship maybe not repairing maybe that's too strong of a word but mending their relationship i think maybe at least getting them to be civil and okay around each other as opposed to like just straight up enemies i think that's fair i think and it's definitely her more than him yeah and but dane's dad like so fuck that like so not only did he like get liam killed and just do everything but one he knows everything about the wyvern and the venom and all that yes he knows that violet knows and he is after her right um at that like he's like legit sends assassins to try to kill her and like people are they because you know you can't kill the main person in the book in the second one allegedly the assassin dies instead of violet shocking and like that person's like last words are like secrets i don't know i know your secrets. oh yeah and it's, it's explicitly from him like she knows that yes it's like it's almost like, like words he said to violet that now this yeah. assassin is saying to her right And then he tortures her like crazy, which is another insane thing of Basquiat where uh, it's part of (laughs) the training where they're like, yeah, we are going to kidnap you and interrogate you and make sure that like you don't give away all of our secrets during torture. Right. But he like they have people whose job that is. And even those people like thought Dane's dad was going too far. And it was intense. And. Oh, man. Do you, in that scene in particular, and I know that you can't really, you can't really be responsible for what your family does, obviously, but because Dane was complicit in getting Violet's memories before and and getting Liam killed and all of those things, do you hold him responsible for his dad's actions? Mm -mm. No. It's so hard. Familiar rela- familial relationships are so hard. Like, I want to say probably Dane spent his life with his dad being this high-ranking official. Probably, like, a huge urge to please him his whole life. Much like wanting, Yeah, and wanting to, like, fill his shoes and follow in his footsteps and all that. And so I think when he did what he did to Violet, I think he thought he had good intentions. And I think he trusted his dad would use that information well you know what i mean and so i almost feel like dane's at fault for a lot and like he shouldn't be all up in people's memories no matter what his intention is but i do think he had a lot of trust in the system and trust in his father 
to start with. And I don't think he realized how bad it was going to be. I think you make a good point with trusting your father. Like that's, that's his father. That's his parent. We're all born into this world, trusting our parents and trusting that they're going to make sure that we're taken care of. And so why would he have any reason to think that his father was up to no good other than when he saw what he was actually doing to Violet? Right, right. And so I think he probably even, like, I feel like what went through his mind when he did that in the first book, it was probably like a for the greater good situation. Like, I know this is wrong. I shouldn't be in people's memories without their consent. But my dad, like someone I trust wholeheartedly, is tell like has raised me believing this thing about the place I live. I think this is vital information for a certain mission or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's like, you know, it, like what I'm doing, it's not something I would want to do or would do regularly. But I think the information she has is that important that it's worth doing. So flipping that a little bit, putting yourself in his shoes, what would you do? What do you think? I shouldn't say what would you do because we really don't know what we would do. But what do you think you would do? Would you compromise a relationship with your best friend or with your parent? Well, obviously, my parents. <laughs> Again, I knew what you were going to say as soon as I asked question as soon as i ask a question that's funny sorry not a fair question no no it's not i don't know i think if you had a parent that you trusted (laughs) oh my goodness sorry we're breaking you're making me you're making me hit my microphone i think everyone has a strong sense of morale and for me like it goes the other way if people wanted to go back to earlier finley donovan episodes like you are very much like i would help my best friend bury a body i have always been been. i mean kelsey ballerini has a song like if you go down i'm going down to like we're going down the crimes and that is very much a friendship mindset you have i'm of the mindset of and i unfortunately speak from experience where there are some things that people can do that changes who they are in your eyes and so i just i do have a hard time like i don't just love anyone blindly or unconditionally truly because I, like I, I don't think that like how I feel about someone can be infinite and unchanging when people are constantly changing and people can do stuff that are like wow you are not who I thought you were so how could how could I still love you for you're not I'm not loving who I thought I was loving and that's kind of how I feel about it and that's like the whole murder question which is funny and that like that's a joke for all besties like if you go down I'm going down too but in you know context matters and stuff like that but if people do stuff that like you don't agree with morally they're not who you thought they were like why would you just support them no matter what and that's how I feel about things in I, general. I would agree with that and I would add on to that as a individual you can grow and that person who you have a relationship doesn't a relationship with you they don't always grow at the same rate that you do and that's okay but that also sometimes makes you question if that is someone that you still want a relationship with and that relationship can be a spouse a friendship a another family member or whomever, but it's the same kind of relationship that makes you go, hmm, I don't necessarily know if I agree with this action, this person's morals or or whatnot when I once did. And so as a wise person has told you and a few other people, it's okay to weed your friend garden. <laughs> oh, that is so wise. What knowledge. And even furthermore, I do think that this does get reflected and played in different ways just with Violet and Dane. Like, I feel like she grew up with him. It was a tinge more romantic than being like a brother, but they grew up very close. But then when she saw him at Bexcla, 
the war college, he was no longer who she thought he was and her feelings changed pretty immediately. Yeah. And I think that's more in line with, you know, you got to take people for who they are at the moment. It reminds me, honestly, that whole interaction. I had a really good friend growing up, went to high school together and we were roommates for a long time. And every time I see him, like now into my 30s and he still brings up stuff from the past. It's like stupid stuff that him or I did together or just like, I'm not that person anymore. And it's just hard. Honestly, it's hard sometimes when you're on two separate pages from somebody who you value deeply in your life and you kind of have to move on. And I feel like that a lot of that happened with Dane in this book that he saw his father all of a sudden in that interrogation room, he saw his father in a different manner and Mm -hmm. he saw that manner or he saw that, that version of his father quickly. And he had to make a split second decision on who he was going to show his allegiance to. And he chose Violet, obviously. And right. Because he went with his own morals. And honestly, as much as we can sit here and say that we dislike Dane and we don't like him, I think that that took a lot of courage. I think that it was extremely difficult for him to go against not only his father, but basically everything that he knew up until that point. Because he thought that his father was a person who he's not. Right. He's not that person. He's not that. And that sucks to find out your father's not who you thought they were. And I think, I don't know, I I think we've just hit it on the head in general with everything you said with your own friend. I think that's how Violet probably somewhat felt about Dane when she showed up. Like, we have this history. We're different now. Like, we've grown up. That, That doesn't, because we have history does not mean we're there forever. Yes. You know, you need to move on because I have. Yeah. And it's great if you want to make new memories and new inside jokes and and whatnot. But I can't keep sitting here in the past because that that person doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. So I I hope to see good things from Dane in the future. I do too. Because I'm not Violet and I have not had my memories invaded. And that's a current thing. Know of. I I might forgive. I don't know. She doesn't forgive easily, and I hold a grudge like a like a crazy person. She holds a grudge like a freaking insane person. That she does. I I would have forgiven her brother, Zayden. I don't know about that. All sooner than her. Dude faked his own death, man. You're gonna just be like, cool. I'm happy that you're back. No. What was he supposed to do? I don't know. Reach out to both of his siblings individually and and say, "Hey, hey, I'm actually alive." Yeah. Via via this mysterious letter, everything you know and are being taught and that our whole government is denying is real. Yes. What would you think if you got that letter? Uh, some batshit crazy person is out there, but at least at least <laughs> No. No. At least 6 years later, When I come in contact with him again and he's like, oh, hey, I tried to reach out to you, but you thought that it it was fake news. And he has the upper hand now. You see what I mean? He made the effort. He tried. She shot him down at that point. But also, that's so dangerous. Like, you can't do that. It is. Just for the same reason why Zayden cannot tell Violet every little thing he does. You can't put that shit in a letter. I get that. I don't think he could have revealed himself. With what I think that he could do and what 
is actually feasible. Those are two different things because my just wanting those connections to be made and and not being mad at at her brother, honestly. The other thing, too, is like who their mom was. And I think that's part of the reason why he had to stay in hiding so much is the same thing that happened with Zane. Dane. Why do I call him Zane all of a sudden? (laughs) But the same thing that happened with Dane and his dad, like when shit went down with her brother, Brennan, Mm -hmm. you know, he found out his mom was not who they thought she was that whole time, too. And so if he does reach out to his sisters with a mysterious letter, I don't know. What other ways could he hang out besides like being in a crowd randomly where they just see his face and do it? But who are they going to talk to first? Their mom, probably. And their mom can't know. Well, and not only that, but he's obviously got some unpacked baggage with his mom, as we saw in this book. Because just when she finds out that he's still alive, their interaction is ice freaking cold. Mm. I liked Mira's reaction to seeing him. I did too. <laughs> she just freaking pummels him. Good for her. Right in the kisser. <laughs> or in the schnoz, whatever. What a family. It is a great, wholesome family. They're, you know, they're just a different type of family than what we have here as well in modern day. Yeah. Just with dragons. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. They love each other fiercely. There's some fake death. I mean, every family has a fake death, right? Some real deaths. You think her dad will come back? Okay. Funny you ask that. Yes. I do didn't you? think that until this moment, but now I do. I don't know if it's going to be in the form of memories, a dream, a ghost. A journal. A journal, maybe. Books. But I think because he is such a a large portion of just her thoughts, her her thoughts going through everything her first year, I think that he's going to make more of a appearance than we've seen in the first two books. Another theory. So I think he's coming back now. I literally did not think that until we talked this through. <laughs> you know who I did think is super coming back? Zayden's mom. She is important and out there somewhere doing something. Hardcore. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like, they're not like dating, but wouldn't it be crazy if her dad was with Zayden's mom doing something? stuff in the background so do you think that zayden knows no okay so it's kind of like another he's done keeping secrets right (laughs) yeah something along those lines no i think i think that would be a bigger twist for zayden not to know like i don't think violet wouldn't like i don't think that would it wouldn't make sense for zayden to know and to keep that secret from violet but i think it would be much more of a punch and dramatic for zayden to find out his mom who abandoned him is alive actually oh oh wouldn't it be something if she is with her dad and violet finds out first but there's a reason she can't tell zayden dude no and now she has to keep this oh that, and then she learns why all right so so all right before <laughs> we get to that because there's there's one piece of information that could potentially in book three create this kind of speed bump, so to speak, of uh, this progressing to any way that we can possibly imagine. <laughs> Again, Zayden is unfortunately now part of the Wyvern or Vernon. Vernon? Vernon and then, uh, Uncle Vernon? Uncle Vernon. <laughs> See, too much Harry Potter. <laughs> He's now part of the Venom community. <laughs> <laughs> he is dealing with the same symptoms that Jack is, unfortunately, except Zayden was not brought back from the 
dead as far as we know and he was just bitten by the wyvern and now he is a venom was he bitten though so i think the thing with both of them i don't know the timing with jack and like yes he died but i think the thing with both of them is that it was a choice how how could why actually not even how but why would zayden choose that lifestyle because he thought he had to to save violet i don't understand why would he need he to chose that? it that's why that's why scales mad at him and won't talk to him and she told him you can choose don't do this and he did it maybe and now they're not speaking is it because he lost the connection because he turned venom or because she's pissed i don't know i was left with more questions he chose it he chose it he well, thought about six months to find out he thought that that was the only option to save violet i truly hope that that is not the case because that's just i one of my least favorite tropes in the entire history <laughs> of books is misunderstanding i don't like misunderstanding trope in any shape or form and if that's the case like i don't know i don't even know if it's full-on misunderstanding ish like I think, he, again, he thought all hope was lost and Violet was saving the day and getting the Wardstone with Andarna. And so he he didn't know Andarna was a seventh magical dragon that was all that needed to complete the Wardstone. Like, I think he thought all hope was lost. I got nothing. I, I, I truly think that we can sit here and speculate all day until we're blue in the face, but only Rebecca Yaros knows how this is going to play out. Because once again, book two ends on a freaking cliffhanger. I was left with so many questions. Yeah. And, and how it switched to Zayden's way? perspective. Yes. I did not like that. I did not like that. So did you see any of that coming? No. Because, okay, I saw, I didn't think he would immediately turn Venom. I thought he would like go with the venom. And so I think that like he would almost be a hostage. And so that that he would still be sucking in a vet in them. So I thought that like Violet, like he would go with the venom because he had no other choice or lost or whatever. Yeah. Violet would save the day and then she'd have to go save him. And so it was almost like a bigger surprise that not only did he turn venom, which I thought was inevitable, but not that soon. I was surprised that he was a venom who was sleeping in bed next to Violet. Yes. Yes. What was that? That felt a little bit violating, I guess, is the because it's like now she's in bed with the enemy, literally. And it's right. not a metaphor. And they don't they don't fully understand, especially because they were in denial of the existence of these beings for forever. So like, how does she have that much trust? Unless he's controlling her. I don't think that. I don't think that Zayden is that kind of person. He's or he's been now. He's not a yeah. person anymore. Yeah. I mean, but wouldn't his signet go away? No. No, he keeps his. He keeps those, both of those. The Venom have powers. I get that. They're but ground powers. Exactly. So is it the same? Did Jax go away? That I can't remember. But I think that even if it doesn't go away completely, I think it's going to be a different power. Not necessarily a, a different kind of power, but maybe different strength. Of the power? He had two powers, and I did he use both or just the control to get past the guards to go talk to Jack? I think that he used both because didn't he use the shadow to get, like, basically to sneak through? Oh, maybe. Mm. I don't know. There's so many questions that this ended so many on. many questions. And it was, again, another, another cliffhanger for this series. So if 
history repeats itself a third time, we can expect another cliffhanger for book three. She is currently signed up to do five books for this series. Five. Okay. Um, from things that I've read and and watched on her uh, social media, some point in the in the near future, we're going to find out what the significance of Violet's hair is. So she'll she's explain. not like Elsa. No, Anna hair, right? Oh, I pictured it like actual silver hair, not like oh, not like a streak hair. No, all of it. Yeah. That's how oh. I pictured it. You pictured it like just a street? I don't know why. But, I mean, Maybe because I watch too much Frozen in my house. <laughs> it's high, high probability. I don't know. Maybe it's something you picked up on. It's totally possible because sometimes something can stick with you and you're unconscious and you don't really Maybe? realize it. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. No, I pictured her as basically like this silver fox. Fox set? Fox set. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Where did you picture her silver streak? Like in the front? Like just like a like literally I was picturing very much Anna's hair. That's just like dark but with the streak. I don't know why. There's this family. <laughs> I'm gonna apparently tell all these old stories tonight. There's this family that I went to school, elementary through high school, I actually think, with two girls who were sisters and they both had very dark hair like a chocolate brown hair except for their bangs were completely white both of them like white white and it was a birthmark and i have really? always thought that was so interesting yeah both sisters interesting same exact spot huh. yeah and maybe that's just what they told everybody and maybe it's complete bullshit and maybe it's something else but that's like what their parents told them to sort of explain it to them i've never looked into it more but interesting yeah i mean i was definitely like seven mm. years old well Take it at face value. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like my brain in this book, the chokehold it has on me. Like I can see why people get ex like and not like because I'm still thinking about her hair. Mm -hmm. And like I'm like, what does that have to do with Andarna, the gold dragon who's not quite gold anymore? But, I've also been thinking about that too. Like is there is their hair and scales some kind of connection and things and reflectiveness and it's just but also reflectiveness, huh? Like the the power that uh -huh. she has, like to me, it's just lightning, which isn't that far off from her mom's power, which is storms to include blizzards. But Andarna acts like she's super special. The sage, the sage is like a venom teacher, right? He acts like that's super special. He comes to both Violet and Zayden in their dreams, right? Which was surprising that he was going to both of them. Is it because they're connected? I don't they didn't know about it though and also he just wants her but do you remember that one venom who was like what do you mean that sage he's not even like the great one that's just right and then they talked about like their hierarchy and it was just like a level almost i don't know so many questions there is so many questions and i i honestly truly think we're just gonna have to wait for book three we can sit here and speculate for a whole nother episode <laughs> well I can't wait for book three to come out. I hope it's a quick turnaround again. Fingers crossed. I do too. And we'll be going to the midnight release party. We'll make that Yay! happen. I can't wait. I've never been to a midnight release party, so I definitely want to go. Me too. So bad. So let's do that. It's a date. Maybe we'll live stream it so you guys can all come Maybe. with us. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And so we don't know. If you guys have theories, leave us comments. Yeah. messages yep. let us know what you think if we're completely wrong if you think we're right if you got stuff to mull over we really want to have conversations with this about uh with you about this book because 
it's so like Kimmy said earlier, it's so mainstream. It's so part of pop culture. Now it was on so many, um, influential lists, um, at the end of 2023 that she was, Rebecca Yaros was just so beside herself that she even was amongst the likes of such famous people. I don't know if you saw that post, but she was just beside herself with that. So, well, it, it is crazy to me that she does have so many other books. Yeah. And so 30. I think that I think that's got to be crazy for her. Yeah. Cuz she's like this this has been my job for a while, it's what I do. Yeah. I write books. They're yeah. publishing out there. Yeah. And and then one just takes off. That's that's got to be such a trip. And I just I'm very curious how this happened. I think that I'm more so curious after reading Yellowface. I um posted about it recently. I read Yellowface by Rebecca. I can't even say her last name. Kong. Kong Kang. She is a very talented writer. Oh my gosh. So talented. She talks about how in that book the main character is a, a writer and how she becomes this New York Times bestseller. And it's basically, I don't know the truth behind it, being that she's a writer herself. I assume that there's some iota of truth behind it, but it's basically fabricated by the publishers. The publishers say, oh yeah, this is the it book of of this year and we're going to push this. We're going to put it on all of the front tables at Barnes and Noble and, and pay to have it on all of the bookshelves of uh, the front bookshelves of every, of every bookseller. And in doing so, it, it forces that book into people's hands and all of a sudden it's on the, the list of New York Times bestsellers. So how much of, of this is just, she had kind of a, not necessarily a shit run, but just a, maybe somebody didn't think that it was the best work of hers. And then her publishers fabricate, I don't want to say fabricate, that's way too strong of a word, but basically just root for this to happen. And they, they push more for this to happen because of the, the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm curious too. I don't know much about her other works. I know kind of, I feel like she does a lot of romance heavy on that and like in the military wife experience. I don't need that I've seen. I don't think I've seen any other fantasy. Isn't Divine? Divine Rivals is not by her. That's another Rebecca. It's Rebecca Ross. All right. So we're going to get real here for just a second. Okay. I 1000% thought that that was by her and it was her maiden name. <laughs> Where did I see that? It's definitely not. Um, I her? actually, part of the reason why I didn't want to read Divine Rivals is because Rebecca Ross has other books, An Endless River and A Fire Burning or something. And I read those. I liked them, but didn't love them. And so... Two different people. <laughs> Thank you. I... <laughs> I literally, oh my God, for fuck's sake. I literally purchased this book the other day, The Divine Rivals. I purchased it the other day. And my husband asks me, what's up with this book? Like, why did I purchase it? And I said, <laughs> oh, it's by the same author as uh, Fourth Wing. It was just written <laughs> under her maiden name. Why? Tell me why <laughs> I had that in my brain. I've been That's telling everybody name. that. Oh, dear. Like, oh, dear. <laughs> Okay, lessons learned. Fact check. I don't even know if they spell Rebecca the same, do they? I even put her book with Rebecca Yaros's books on my bookshelf. Oh my god, you are so precious. So, anyways, that's to me. to my knowledge, I'll have to look at 
Rebecca Yaros's actual books, but I don't think she's written any other fantasy that I could tell or gather. So in my mind, almost, I was, I was like, is this the tipping point of like, was it just romance? Like, I'm sure she still had readers and was still getting published, obviously. Was it just she needed to branch out into a new genre? And that was like what was the tipping point? That's Maybe. what I wondered. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my fuck up just now. She posted um, recently on both of her social medias a list of all of the books that she's published. And I was like, that's funny. Divine Rivals isn't on there. <laughs> not her work. What do you mean both of her social medias? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. It was on oh. both. Oh, okay. That that yeah. makes more sense. I yeah. was like, they're still two different people. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was only following one. Oh, jeez. The other one lives in Georgia. Well, on that note, should save a little bit of face and call it a night here because that was thoroughly embarrassing for a host <laughs> of a <laughs> uh, bookish podcast who doesn't know that two women are two separate authors because they both have very popular books at the moment. Wouldn't that be a trip, though? But anyways, oh, you know what that reminded me of, of everything you were saying for the marketing and the craziness? Yeah. But I hope we know by the time this airs. Yeah. Ellie Conway. Oh. Everyone thinks guile. Ellie, at this moment, as we're recording this, everyone thinks Ellie Conway is Taylor Swift. Her book comes out next week. She already has a book deal. She already has a movie that comes out Sorry, a, a movie. month after. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Is it Taylor Swift? Also, so I don't want to burst your bubble, but I did go down a rabbit hole once I found out about this. From I know someone saying it's not Taylor Swift, but it's someone else famous. No, I've heard a completely different theory. Basically, so the premise of the book is that she's a author who writes spy novels or whatever, and that the um, book that's going to come out is the book that was written by the character in the movie. So it's sort of like connected and woven together. And still it's by a, a writer who is famous, but we still don't know the identity of that writer. I don't, obviously there's so many different theories running around, but the that like what got me. The, the thing that annoys me about it is I, I don't want it to be just like, you want it to be her. I want it to be Taylor Swift. If it's someone else who's famous and already an author, I'm like, stop. Would you be upset? Kinda. I want her to write a book. I get that. I get that. But, like, I also, like... She's a busy lady, it, though. Like, if it's not her, I don't want it to be anyone else, except a debut writer, but, like... I don't think it's a debut writer so gimmicky like why like i don't like it if it's not her there is no way in my opinion that it is a debut writer no debut writer publishes a book and then literally less than a month later the movie comes out right right not only like the movie rights are scooped up but no the movie actually has been produced it has gone through post production and it has a release date within a month of the book. It's so that gimmicky, is... which I don't love. I unless do. it's her. <laughs> I do. <sighs> I I am here for gimmicky and I'll probably go read the book. Do you think it's her? This isn't gonna age well. I think it's her, but I also don't, but I do, but I it's her. It's the cats for me. The cats really make me think it's her. 
You know that her first post, like Ellie Conway's first post, was on December 13th. Yes, I did know that. That, you know, in the anti-hero music video, when she points, there's a chalkboard that says everyone will betray you. Okay. Yes. Points to Ellie. You know that when she was in Canada talking about the All Too Well short film, she was talking about going into books and movies and talking about spy films, right? She was saying she wouldn't do it and it would be out of character, but she was talking about it specifically. So here's the thing is like if she did this, like I'm assuming it probably would have been done around the time that we were in lockdown for COVID. So if that's the case and if this is really her and she did that, like she had the most productive COVID lockdown than anybody else in the world. It's not surprising. No. But yes. No. It's not surprising whatsoever. But I I'm really honestly torn on if it's her or not. How soon do you think we'll know? I don't think we'll ever know. What? Yeah. I think that this is a secret that is going to... Okay. You think we'll know? So two things. I think if it's her, there's a chance we'll never know. If it's a gimmick and it's just a gimmick for someone else, I think we'll know. I don't think so. Because I think that person would want credit. I think that that person would want credit, but also how much hype are they getting because people think that it's Taylor Swift. That if is- you read the comment section, it's bad. It's half the people saying, hi, Taylor, and half the people saying, leave this poor debut author alone. Imagine thinking yeah. you just did all this work and people think you're Taylor Swift. It is not a Have debut Have you read the author. comment sections? Have you read it, the comment it, section? Yeah, I've read, I've read them. Yeah, that's it, what it, they all say. But it's like if if you have any inkling as to what goes on in the right, publishing right. world, like there's no way that this is a debut author. No. No way. No. It is an established author who is writing under a pen name or it is Taylor Swift. Those are the only two options in my book. Yeah, I think we'll ever know. Okay. So know. we're going to get to me to 1,313 followers. We're going to get TS11. Yeah. We're going to get Empyrean 3. Mm-hmm. All within and, the next like month? And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are are we ever going to get? Are we ever going to get Ellie Conway's identity? I don't know. Maybe thirteen thousand followers. You don't think so? I think so. I think we will. No, I think that if it's a gimmick, they're riding on those free publicity coattails of Taylor Swift, especially with her heiress tour going on, especially with everything that she has. If it's her, though, will she reveal it? No. You know about Niall's George board, right? No. No, I don't. That's I don't even know what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if I said it right. No, you didn't. It could be Nils. Um, anyways, she had a pen name that she specifically wanted to sound Swedish, which is probably where I messed it up when she wrote the song This Is What You Came For. Okay. Which is sung by Rihanna and produced by Calvin Harris. And she didn't want people to know it was her because when she was dating someone else in the music industry, like she didn't want them working together. She's like she didn't want her name on it. Sure. But then he was like trashing her in the media and like saying he would never work with her, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so she was like, mm, you did. And this is my name. And so it came out. And it's actually in the Look What You Made Me Do music video, like when she's a zombie and stuff, like that's the name on the gravestone. It's the oh, Nils Schorgborg Swedish name. And 
all of that. So she's done it before and she like no one knew and it wasn't revealed until she got pissed off. Interesting. Well, maybe if she gets pissed off enough and it is her, then I think that we'll find out. But I don't know. She's pretty happy right now. I don't think that um, it's a female author. I think it's going to be a James Patterson. A Oh, my God. You would be so mad. No I would one be... would be more. You don't even believe he writes his own stuff. I don't. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those high profile male authors that not Stephen King, because that's not something he would do but he has literally done that yeah it's okay okay it's okay <laughs> he's literally done that except his mistake was that it was under a, a male's name and so yeah exactly exactly okay. okay i don't Anyways. know i think it's a male author i think it's an older male author i think i i don't know i'm gonna i'm going to but it's probably ryan reynolds that would be hilarious and totally something he would do. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we'll have to wait. He'd probably be the only person who would get permission from Taylor Swift to, like, leave Taylor Swift hints, like with the right. Scottish folds and stuff. Little Easter eggs. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe. Oh, ooh, here we go. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. Uh, it's Ryan Reynolds. And then there's going to be, because like Deadpool is also full of Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. So maybe in Deadpool 3, we're going to get some Easter eggs about that. You know Taylor Swift is supposed to be in Deadpool 3, right? Yeah. yeah. That's not confirmed yet. It is. It is confirmed. Sure. I'm pretty sure it was confirmed last month. Because I saw something, I swear I saw something on his page about it, but maybe I didn't. Because... Yeah. I have a problem with my social media showing me fake pages that look real. Do you have that issue? Where I can I always see people. right through them. Yeah, but I follow those people. Like I follow Ryan Reynolds, oh. I follow Taylor Swift and like stuff like that. And then those fake ones just show up and they're like the suggested whatnot. And I'm like, oh, look at this. And then it's like a trailer for the next Ghostbusters movie is the best example I can come up with. And it's, I send it to my husband and he's like, that's completely fake. No, I don't do that. Paul did that to me once with something Taylor Swift related. See? It's like a thing. It is. And but I, I know, yeah. I know. So don't hold me on that. So I think it was confirmed, but maybe it wasn't. Okay. I think I, I haven't know. seen it confirmed and I pretty much see everything Taylor Swift related 20 minutes before the rest of the world. I have not seen it confirmed, but we'll see. All right. Anyways, we love Taylor Swift and Rebecca Yaros and dragons and wine and each other. And allegedly Rebecca Ross, but I haven't read her book, but I thought it was Rebecca Yaros. Fuck. Is there a way I could save face? No. No, you probably should just let everyone forget about it, but now you reminded them. I gotta I gotta own this and just move forward. Yeah, that's all we can do. Keep moving forward. Everybody makes mistakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like different Rebecca's in the world. Accidents happen to the best of us. I sing that to the girls sometimes. From Bluey? I don't know. Oh, it's just maybe a song. Daniel Tiger or maybe I just made that it up. That sounds Daniel Tiger esque. Okay. Anyways, we're done. Love you. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of the Lost Chill Podcast. 
Please help our podcast to reach more listeners by subscribing and leaving a review. We read every single one together and jump up and down, screaming with glee every single time. So you know we just truly appreciate it. And that is a true story, folks. (laughs) It's very true. If you can't get enough of the Lost Chill podcast, check out our website, thelostchill.com, for blog posts and more fun. Also, consider becoming a Patreon supporter for exclusive content and swag. We are constantly improving and growing our offerings, so be sure to check back often. If it's additional reviews and cute puppies that you're after, follow us on Instagram at Katie's Lost Chill and at Kimmy's Lost Chill. Follow The Lost Chill as well to get all of the latest information on upcoming books to be featured, upcoming author chats, giveaways, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye. Aww.